0: Let us begin with prayer. Gracious Lord, as we address the last appearance of your glory in the book of Exodus, help us to see among the lessons that your tabernacle was meant to teach that you have come to live among us to make us your holy people that we may show forth your glory. In your name we pray. Amen. When God Led the Israelites out of Exodus, as we are told, he led them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And that's really how you imagine the glory of the Lord. But the first time the Hebrew term, as the Jews pronounce it, kavod Adonai, which would be the glory of the Lord, the first time it appears is, was in our first sermon text in Exodus chapter 16, verse 7. And that's when the people were grumbling, uh, we don't have enough food. And, and it appeared, and, and for the next 40 years, God would provide that miracle bread manna for them. The next time that term appears is after the cloud of the Lord had settled on Mount Sinai and and he tells them the covenant and they say it's a deal and then he reiterates the covenant so there's no surprises and they send up the elders. They're gonna have a a feast with the Lord and that term again, Kavold Adonai, the glory of the Lord and a cloud settles over the mountain and Moses actually enters into it. We're gonna get into that a little bit. And then... The thing we have to understand before we get to the third time that term, uh, the the third appearance of that kavod Adonai is what happens in Exodus 40, verse 17. We're told, and so on the first month of the second year, on the first day of the month, the dwelling was raised. So God had given all the instructions for the tabernacle and all the work was done and they assembled the whole tabernacle. And it's been two years since they had left Egypt, since that first night when they celebrated the Passover and, and God it, the last plague was to strike the firstborn in every household unless they had the blood of the lamb over the door. So our sermon text for today gets into the last time the Kavod Adonai is mentioned in Exodus, the glory of the Lord. And our text is Exodus 40 verses 34 through 38. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tent. Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud stayed over it and the glory of the Lord filled the tent. Throughout all their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tent, the people of Israel moved forward. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they would not travel until the day when it was taken up. For in the sight of the whole house of Israel, The cloud of the Lord was above the tent by day and there was fire in the cloud by night throughout all their journeys. And so the last time that Kavod Adonai happens, it's there settling over the portable tabernacle when it's been finished. So our sermon theme for this text is the glory of the Lord is revealed in the tabernacle. And we don't want to fall into allegorizing where people find hidden meetings and everything else, but the tabernacle with the offerings for sin and, and everything uh, was meant to teach of the coming savior who would be among the people and would dwell among them and that he would save them from their sins could forgive their uh, cleanse their sins. And we want to understand that uh, after After the tabernacle, there was kind of trailer park days, if you will, where uh, the the tabernacle was was moved around a bit. It was kind of more permanent. And then David made the plans, but it was Solomon who built what's called Solomon's temple. And a really neat thing happens when they build that too. The, ta- the temple was somewhat patterned, although it was way bigger. It was somewhat patterned after the basic pattern of the tabernacle. And after the priests set the ark in the inner chamber, the holiest of holies, we're told in 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 10 through 11, when the priests came out from the holy place, the cloud filled the house of the Lord. The priests were not able to take their positions to minister in the presence of the cloud because the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. So what we say about the tabernacle also applies to the temple today. Now, that cloud comes over in both cases and it settles there. And it, first in, in the tabernacle's case, Moses had inspected it and then the cloud comes along. In the case of Solomon's temple, they put the, the Ark of the Covenant in it. That's where the 10 commandments were kept that God had carved in stone for Moses and the people. And in both cases, that cloud coming over, it shows God's approval. Because God would not dwell there in that form, that kavod Adonai, unless it met his approval. And it's important for us to understand that, that the glory of the Lord is revealed in the tabernacle when that kavod Adonai settles over it and enters into that tent of meeting, because it shows God's approval. Now, we're focusing on Advent when God takes on human flesh. Kind of in the same way that he comes into the temple, but he hides his glory there, right? But it's very important for us to understand that Christ has God's approval. And in Matthew chapter three, verses 16 through 17, we're told, after Jesus was baptized, he immediately went up out of the water. Suddenly the heavens were open for him. He saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and landing on him. And a voice out of the heavens said, This is my son whom I love. I'm well pleased with him. So when Jesus begins his public ministry, he's roughly age 30. For the first time that we can be sure of in all of scripture, because remember, Jesus is the spokesman for the Trinity. For the first time in all scripture, we're told that here the father is speaking and he's speaking his approval. The ministry Jesus is going to do, that living his life perfectly in our place, which he has done since he was conceived in the virgin's womb. But everything culminating up to the cross, God the Father approves of all of this. And we also know another approval. Christ's words on the cross, it's finished, all the work from our salvation. Then he says, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And if the work for your and my salvation was not done, if it didn't have God's approval, Christ would have stayed on the cross. He, uh, but Christ who rose himself wouldn't have rose himself, but God the Father also rose Christ. He wouldn't have rose him from the grave. It's important for you and I to understand that Christ uh, in his human uh, as savior has the father's approval because we have a sinful nature that whispers in our ear, You haven't given enough offerings. Your sin is so bad, God couldn't forgive it. You haven't acted holy enough. We say, no, 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 you be quiet. I'm not the one that God anointed to be my savior. Christ did, and his work had all the Father's approval. All of that's out of your hands. That's in God's hands. So it's important for us to understand the glory of the Lord is revealed in his tabernacle. It shows God's approval, and we see Christ taking on human flesh to be our Savior. We see God the Father's approval there as well. Now, the tabernacle really was a tent. It was portable. They would tear it down and put it back up again. And it's very interesting in the lesson that we use for our third midweek Advent service for this, uh, which was recorded in Matthew chapter one, when Joseph wants to divorce Mary because he finds out she's pregnant. Who's going to believe that this is actually the Savior, but the angel comes and talks to him in a dream. So in Matthew chapter one, verse 22, we're told all this happened to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. See, that tabernacle with the kavod Adonai settling over, it, and when it was time to move, it lifted up. They knew God was with them right there in the tent of meeting, in the holiest of holies by that kavod Adonai, that cloud that was the glory of the Lord. But Isaiah had prophesied this. It's in Isaiah chapter 7, 700 years beforehand, God with us. Temple was pointing ahead to the time when God would be with us, literally become a human being. And of course, all the sacrifices for sin in that temple tells us a major reason why Christ came. Now, John chapter one, verse 14 tells us, the word became flesh and dwelled among us. And I wanna tell you the Greek word that we translate as dwell, there it's it's an aorist, it's eskenosin. It literally means he tented. Christ's life in this world was 33 years. It was a short time. Now, his humanity is eternal now because of communication with his deity, the communication of attributes. But isn't that very interesting? He tented among us. We have seen his glory. The glory he has is the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Christ took on human flesh for us to save us. And just like that portable tabernacle, he dwelled among us. And we'll notice when Moses in the past, we had seen on Mount Sinai that Moses entered into that Kovod Adonai to ratify that Sinaitic covenant. But did you hear what happened in today's text? In verse 35, Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud stayed over it and the glory of the Lord filled the tent. That was God's house. One human being was allowed to enter once a year, the high priest, and he needed to be consecrated with the blood of a goat or a bull to cleanse him before he went in with the blood of a lamb that he would sprinkle over the top of the Ark of the Covenant. That was called the mercy seat. Remember, the commandments are inside, so he sprinkled over the commandments to atone for all the sins Israel had committed that year. And if that priest was not consecrated, Now, you can't help that you're born the high priest. That that was God's choosing, but you had to be without blemish or defect. And if you hadn't been consecrated, if you had sin on you, that high priest would be destroyed by that kavod Adonai, by the glory of the Lord. This is why Moses could not be there. This was God's house. But Hebrews ties a lot of that together for us with Christ and Christ taking on human flesh. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11 through 14, we're told... But when Christ appeared as the high priest of the good things that were coming, he went through the greater and more complete tent, which was not made by human hands. That is, it is not part of this creation. He entered once into the most holy place and obtained eternal redemption, not by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. Now, if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who were unclean sanctifies them so that their flesh is clean, how much more will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse our consciences from dead works so that we worship the living God. Christ took on temporal human flesh, although his humanity now is eternal, uh, but Christ took on human flesh so that he could save us. In all that tabernacle, the temple that was later patterned after it was all teaching us that the wages of sin is death, but God would be among us and he, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, would take our sin away. So he didn't just tent among us to take away our sin though. He had a bigger plan. We are actually his true temple. Now, normally when I talk about that in sermons, I go to first Peter chapter two, which also talks about us being priests. But since I use that one so much, I'll use another passage of the Bible, Ephesians chapter two, verses 19 through 22. So then you are no longer foreigners and strangers, But you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household. You have been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you too are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. When the Holy Spirit gives you faith, he engrafts you into Christ. He is the cornerstone. You make The temple of God, the true temple of God. That's where God dwells. In fact, in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus promises us, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. So when we gather around his word, Christ promises us he's there. So we see the glory of the Lord is revealed in the tabernacle, showing God's approval and showing he tinted among us to make us his temple. Not a temporal temple that's a tabernacle that's torn down and put together again as it moves or the temple of Solomon that would be destroyed or the temple that Herod the Great did a bunch of work to, but the true temple, the eternal temple of God. Now, did you catch what happens there in the end? Because this is the end of the book of Exodus. The last time the Kavod Adonai is mentioned is to settle upon that temple. And we're told throughout all their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up over the tent, the people of Israel would move forward. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they would not travel until the day when it was taken up. For in the sight of the whole house of Israel, the cloud of the Lord was above the tent by day, and there was a fire in the cloud by night throughout all their journeys." It guided them. It would guide them for the next 40 years. It would guide them until they crossed the Jordan River and made the conquest of the Promised Land. But Jesus Christ took on human flesh to guide you and I who are his people. Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So when people think, well, I'm worshiping God in my own way and really my own kind of God, or they think this person, they're so devout, you know, even though they don't believe Jesus is true God who became true man. Those people are not being guided to the father. There's only one way you get there, and that's through Christ. Jesus guides us, but he guides us not just in that way. That's the big way that gets us to heaven. But we're in John chapter one, verse one. We're told that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And it continues to tell us through him, all things were made apart from him. Nothing was made that has been made. Jesus is the spokesman for the Trinity. If we want to know the father, we've got to hear his words. In our previous part, I mentioned Ephesians chapter two about us being a temple. But did you catch those words in verse 20? You've been built on the foundations of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. The prophets were the ones that were inspired to write the Old Testament. The apostles as a whole were inspired to write the New Testament. There were some evangelists like Mark and Luke, and they didn't write the last books of the New Testament. In fact, the longest-living apostle John writes John's gospel after everybody else is gone. He writes the first, second, and third epistle of John and he writes Revelation. There was always an apostle, if it wasn't an apostle that wrote the word, to say, yes, that is the word, or no, that is not the word, and then that would and so it's truly the word that Jesus uses to guide us. Now, when I oftentimes take people through a Bible basics class, you know, they're new to Christianity, I'll often ask the question, what should you do if you want a stronger faith? And they'll say, well, pray about it. And prayer is how we talk to God. But the Apostle Paul makes very clear in Romans chapter 10, faith comes from hearing the message. If you pray for a stronger faith, God's gonna answer that by sending you into his word. Jesus Christ is the word and he guides us. He tells us how God wants us to live, how we live in thanks and praise to God as we form his organic temple, if you will. And so we see the glory of the Lord is revealed in his tabernacle as that cloud, that Kavod Adonai guided the people of Israel. So God's word, which has been completed for us guides us every day that we know the difference between the law and the gospel. We know, we know how to tell this is false teaching that will lead me to hell. And it guides us to show the glory of God in our lives out of thanks and praise to God. So as we wrap up this season, the next evening that we will meet for worship will be to celebrate the eve of Christ's birth, Christmas Eve. But as we wrap up that kavod Adonai, the glory of the Lord, we have seen the glory of the Lord is revealed in his tabernacle. Showing God's approval. And that's comfort for you and I because Christ had God's approval. He's the Savior, not you or I. We can silence the devil's attacks by saying, be quiet, I'm not the one who God approved to be my Savior, Jesus is. He tempted among us to make us his temple, not a temple that would be destroyed by the Babylonians or the Romans or one that would be torn down and put up again. His eternal temple. And it guides us. We are his people. He guides us through his word. Amen. And now the brilliant light of Christ will continue to shine on our sin-enshrouded hearts and his light will continue to guide us on his path of peace. Amen.